0: People often talk about suffering for their craft, suffering for their art. Well, today's story is all about an art duo that not only found great happiness through art, but also great suffering. And by suffering, I mean the art they were making started to cause them some pretty serious health issues. They began to have trouble sleeping, constantly feeling drained of energy, and these killer headaches. Welcome to the My Podcast. This is Episode 3, Baku. Baku is made up of two people, Dominique and Stephanie. They're not only an art duo, but they're a couple as well. First, we're going to hear from Dominique and learn more about his life before Baku.
1: So, oh, Hi, my name is uh, Dominique Le Lemire. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Montreal, but I grew up in the townships called Eastman, close to Sherbrooke in Quebec. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Were you making art as a
1: kid, or what were you doing while growing up? Not much art. Uh, well, a little bit. Like I think my mom was trying to have me paint and stuff, but I wasn't doing much art. Art came in uh, in high school as doing a uh, theater, and then uh, from there, like I started to uh, get interested into uh, all sorts of arts. And uh, found love for music and uh, started the the endeavor of starting a music career. And uh, from there, I was uh, studying in uh, communications. I studied in cinema, too. Like, I think I did all all the types of art.
0: So how did you actually get into theater in the first place?
1: Uh, that's the the weirdest thing. Like I was super young. <laughs> and I was like, I had like friends that were playing video games. Like I, I don't even think I had any contacts with theater at all. Like no interest at all. And then I had one friend at which we were uh, partnering up to make a uh, an oral presentation for the class. And we <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it. And like from that point, like we were super young. Like, I think that was like even before high school, I and mean, he said, We should become actors. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. And then if we want to become actors, we have to join the theater class. <laughs> I was like, Okay. And so I applied for the theater class with him, and he ended up not going. So I ended <laughs> up in the theater class alone with just girls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy your uh, time in theater class?
1: At first it was a little weird, but like I ended up like really enjoying it and like it really like opened uh, like my mind creatively on the creative side. Like I, I decided I wanted to be an artist from there.
0: So can you tell me how you got into music after trying acting?
1: <laughs> so, same, same, like the rest of the things, like uh,
0: the so, same yeah, thing.
1: Like, as I got into theater, so like I had a friend who was really into music, and like you, you was like, "Let's make a band," and uh, <laughs> like, I knew nothing. Like I barely played the bass, and um, there was a school competition that was like very intense. Like different schools with a, a big art competition, and there was that music category. And we signed up for it. I think I'd like pick up the bass, like not even like three weeks before that <laughs> we bombed so hard. <laughs> I never bombed so hard in my life. And I don't know why, uh, like, I think this bomb should have stopped anyone like from pursuing music, but then we, I, I don't know. Maybe we had something to prove from there and we, we stuck to it and uh, we, uh, we we're still playing music together still. Like uh, he's a, uh, He's on a a long journey trip, like in Europe, right now. But we'll we'll get back to playing music when he comes back.
0: While acting didn't really grab his attention, music became Dominique's main goal and creative outlet. While moving forward, he and his friends would keep the band going while still bombing a few times, but slowly practicing and improving on their craft.
1: And from there, we just started like making music together uh but trying to to compose we weren't we weren't searching to um to do shows we weren't trying to we were just trying to compose stuff and we were so we were in this basement a lot of the time and trying to to build the music i think we decided to make, to make a uh video clip be, even before making a, a, another show from there so it was we had a weird approach to all the, <laughs> to, the to the music game but um we found some other bandmates too because we were just two, so we needed like a drummer. We needed a singer too. We needed a a bass. So we just like picked a few of our friends and we we're like, okay, you're in the band now.
0: <laughs> Soon the band would have enough material to make a full length album,
1: and uh, our first album release was just wild. Like we filled up the room. We and we um we had won a contest, a music contest, just to uh. Two weeks before the, mu- the release of the album, is in the, yeah, like, overcapacitated the, uh, the room where we released the, uh, the album, and that was a crazy night. Like, I'll, I'll remember this all my life. It was very fun.
0: Because of inter-band drama, some other members would constantly be changing, but Dominique and the other original members who started the band never gave up. They would continue to make music, and put out videos, and even release a second album back in 2019. Right now, both members are so caught up with other projects that the band has sort of taken a back seat. But they both still find time to get together once a week and work on music to hopefully release more in the future. Now, it's time for us to hear Stephanie's story.
2: My name is Stephanie Lamontagne. I grew up uh, in Quebec, Lac-Saint-Jean. It's a place in northern part of Quebec. It's a place very far away, quite isolated from the rest of the Quebec.
0: What was life like growing up there uh, in the countryside?
2: Life at Lac-Saint-Jean for me was a bit boring. Uh, I felt like I was different. I felt like my family, the one that was closer to me, didn't quite understand who I was. So I felt a lot of pressure growing up to fit in what they want me to fit in. Um, You know, they did have those, uh, you know, beliefs.
0: In the area Stephanie grew up in, most of the people around there had very conservative Christian values. One view Stephanie's family had was that a woman is supposed to get married and have kids, and that should be their purpose in life. But she didn't feel that was her purpose. Yeah, she wanted those things, but it wasn't her goal. It wasn't her life's dream. Uh, and she constantly just felt being misunderstood.
2: They didn't understand me. Um, and, you know, I felt uh, a lot of guilt. I felt that I was lost. Um, and you know that was our growing up in that mindset, like oh, why I'm not that way, why I can be who they want me to to be, and you know family it's an important value from my family and from people in this small city. So yeah, I for when I was growing up, I I tried to be like they want me to to be and I tried very hard to the point that I lost myself and um you can't escape who you are. So one day, I remember, it was before going to school, I just you know, broke down. Uh I couldn't Get out of the bed. I couldn't do anything. I remember my parents were screaming at me, like, go, go to school. I was like, I just can't, you know, my mind is blank. My body refused to do anything. So that was like uh, a weirdest feeling, do you know. I was a teenager, like, quite not mature in my feelings. So I was like, oh, what happened? What is happening right now? So yeah, and um, I. I just, I just, just for that point on, though, I, I, I try to be better and I finding myself and I remember uh, that I had this willingness to be more and to improve uh, my mental state and to find who I was ready.
0: She would first start going to university to be a nurse, just to please her family as nursing wasn't her passion, it wasn't long before she decided to finally move. She started to attend a new school five hours away from home in a much bigger city, where she was finally able to be her true self. And she started to study philosophy.
2: Um, I f- I made friend. I will have discussion. We we will have discussion that my family and my friend didn't want to have with me. They didn't like uh, to think too much about life they already have all the answer in the books of you know christianity Uh, so yeah and i felt like uh, kind of a relief i felt like i i could finally find find a path
0: so what exactly was the role that art played in your life while growing up
2: art uh, was uh, the only thing that was a uh, keep keeping me motivated. Art was an escape for me. I remember that I was reading, writing a lot. Like that was a way to express myself without any um, any pressure. Just, just me and my universe. I also liked drawing and painting. I studied painting painting when i was a teenager nothing serious just just for fun but that was the the most that was a way that that was that was like that was a way to make sense of my life
0: did you know that you wanted to be an artist when you were growing up
2: when i was growing up i was a bit lost so i didn't have like a precise you know plan uh, I, when I was a kid, I knew that I wanted to work in art field, like be a writer. Uh, but um, my parent, my family, uh, did not encourage those ambition. And you know, for them, it, it's a universe that they don't know. They didn't knew that you can make a living of that, and there's many things that you can do.
0: Was there a point where they started to realize that your art mattered and and started to take it more seriously? Mm.
2: I, for my parents, like my mom and my dad, it was a bit easier. Um, they understand, like, we started to do Baku and... They, they saw what we were doing and they, they, they did understand after a while. For my my large family, uh, it was a bit uh, harder for them to understand. It took like, I think it took four years. Like this year, my grandparents told me they were proud and they, they accept that. But it was a slow process.
0: And how did that make you feel?
2: I think um, it made me feel great. Um, uh, to be finally accepted by them, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I, I think that was uh, an awesome moment for me.
0: Now that Stephanie is living in the same city as Dominique, it wouldn't be long until they met. Soon he would take a job at an art gallery that would later become the birthplace of Baku.
1: In Magog, I was working in a restaurant and I knew that I was about to get fired. And Mm -hmm. I was walking down the street and there was a new like a new store. Like it was very ambiguous to what it was. And it was called live art business. So I went in there and asked the the guy who was working there, the the owner, like what what you what are you guys doing here? And I think he didn't even know himself at that point. He was like, well, it's kind of an art shop. And um, we got along and started talking and um, he wanted to hire me to do some uh, Photoshop work. So for a little gig for something, uh, like, I I can't remember. I think it was a poster or something. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And uh, never heard back. And then I got fired from the restaurant work. And I was like, okay, so now I need money, so I should go and see that guy again. Yeah. And uh, he was like, all right, hey, hi, okay, hi. Um, I'm gonna hire you. You're <laughs> gonna work at the gal at the gallery. So that was very weird because I was um, fired, and then an hour later, I had a new job. So it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we changed the place to a, an art gallery, because he, he was an artist, and he, we kicked out all the, the rest of the, like, the boats, and the, the, there were some supplies that were sold there. It was like a, there were some furniture. Like, what happened is like, it was like there were three guys, and then like, some family got in, some of the member of the family got involved, and like, the idea was to, make, to sell some prints and some art at first. And then they were like, "Okay, yeah, but we could sell like my brother's furniture." And then we could, uh, and then they were like, just piling on, and people were adding their shit to the store. So it was just a weird store with like a bunch of stuff. And so we moved everything to basement and changed it to an art uh, an art gallery. And that's where like I started like learning about art, learning and getting interesting, uh, meeting artists, and like building a gallery from scratch, like with one artist. And uh, it was uh, pretty cool. And uh, that's about the time when I started dating Stephanie.
0: They would soon meet through Tinder around the same time. But there was a crazy story that happened with Dominic right before they started messaging each other. And he started telling her this crazy story. And it's kind of what drew her in uh, the first place. You just couldn't believe it. So he's going to tell us this story now.
1: Should I tell like the story of like me going to China and back, and then wait? (laughs) Okay. um, So you remember when we talked about the art gallery? So I was getting less and less hours there because like there's less and less like people like buying art and like it was art to access the gallery and stuff. But I got a weird Mm -hmm. guy that came in the the gallery one day and he was like, "I need someone. I need an illustrator." and I, I was like I can find you one and then it turns out he was this, he he had this big project for designing um, a giant puppets show in China that would be like a 360 stage of giant puppet show Thanks. and i ended up working for him for 6 months with and with another friend that made uh, drawings and the illustration and it was a crazy job. We were drawing pools for dolphins and lasers and mapping for, and trying to sell it to, uh, to a, a Chinese company that was hiring, hiring us at a third party. Uh, well, it's a very long story, but I ended up like, um, I was supposed to go to China and I was flying like first class. I had like the nicest hotel and i had no experience in pitching shows <laughs> and i was going yeah. with another guy from the company and we were supposed to meet up there and i would be like the rookie and i would learn about like how to pitch a show to uh, chinese oligarchs <laughs> and <laughs> and and then um the the other guy ended up choking like i think his son was deployed for the military or something like that i don't i'm not quite sure why but we ended, they had to cancel our flights, cancel the hotels and we almost lost the deal. So our, my boss at the time, like he asked and the, the, the Chinese company, if I could, if he could just send me and I would fly economy and go into cheap yeah. hotel and I'd be like in China for like for three days to, to pitch the show. And um, so they accepted and they, they sent me. So it was <laughs> an economy flight to China. And I arrived to China and they um, they, they refused access to the country to me. And I was uh, escorted with the the military through the airport and they put me back in the same seat. So I flew 28 hours back and forth (laughs) to Shanghai. what yeah i flew back and forth like like from just following like i i i don't think decisions i was just like working for that guy and then things were happening to me and (laughs) that's and i landed i saw i was playing like 14 hours on the way 14 hours back i was feeling like so terrible like i had like a 28 hour flight in economy uh and i landed in montreal I drove back to the the uh, the office space where we were working, and we pitched the show to the the, the we pitched the show to like the billionaires like uh, uh, via Zoom, and it was so bad. Yeah. it was so terrible because the 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 company there changed the presentation, so I don't I we didn't know what we were presenting because it was so different. I was pretty happy not to have been in the room with them to be honest. Like, imagine like. Like you make a PowerPoint and you arrive there, it's not your PowerPoint. It's like completely something different, that and you is, have to pitch this. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, and then <laughs> so my boss and I was were, we were like we. I think he offered me some ash, really like we started like smoking weed and pitching to the Chinese. Like we we weren't we weren't caring at this point, and they weren't buying our things anyway. And I—that's the point where I was starting to chat with Stephanie, and I was telling her like I was like drowsy from the fights and the drugs, and I was telling her about her, about uh, this this story.
2: I didn't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's
1: that's yeah. too much. We never met. We were just like chatting. I was like, "Do you want to know a crazy story? Like I just went back to China back and forth."
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird flex. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We ended up meeting like, uh, like maybe the next week after that.
2: Yeah, um,
1: yeah. It was just a crazy story. Like, and then I, the the company ended up like closing, and then I had no job when I when I met Stephanie, and we were like both like in the yeah. hard spots, and,
2: yeah, and
1: then we started making art together.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is quite the trip, but at least something good came from it. With him and Stephanie connecting like that. So after finally meeting in person, h- how did you get to the point of making art together? When did that start?
1: So, it didn't take too long before uh, Stephanie moved in with me because our, our, our apartment had like some issues and then and we weren't we were together all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, my apartment like had like fully like blank white walls. And we, I didn't have any money like to afford any of the art in the gallery. Uh, but there is a, an artist that uh, was working with resin and we kind of liked like the finish and the look of our art. Uh, we wanted to try and the owner of the of the gallery I was working at was like, well, why don't you try it? And so take take the studio and uh, the studio was like in the basement of the gallery and he was like, try to make make it we try to make it try to make the resin art and we made two pieces together we bought we bought the materials and we were quite happy with the result and we brought the paintings up and showed it to him and it was like okay cool he was uh, he really liked the owner of the gallery really liked the paintings and he offered us to um hung them in the gallery so we never brought them home to for our apartments and he offered us a, a gallery deal so we were like we became artists at the gallery I was working at and uh, he, he didn't want us to tell to tell the he didn't want me to tell the customer that it was my art though I was I would I would have to sell my art as if it was like not mine so it was pretty funny I was just I was the artist so that was our deal
0: <laughs> and where does the name uh, Baku come from How'd y'all come up with that?
1: There's a little bit of a better brainstorming than for my Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we, we were a duo. Uh, we had a, a first gallery deal and we didn't have a name. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we went to a cafe and we talked about ideas and the, uh, it was... at first it was a God, right? When... Yes.
2: I, very good, ba- Baku. But there were like a lot of restaurants with that name. <laughs> so.
1: And it was not spelled the same way.
2: Yes, in no a different spelling.
1: And then we tried to, like, we were attached to this name, like, right away. Yes. Like, we were like, oh, Baku sounds cool. I
2: love the song, yeah. the song of Baku.
1: And then we changed the spelling and noticed that it was a um, a Japanese creature, mythological creature that looks like a, an elephant and a, a lion mixed together. And this creature feeds on dreams and nightmares. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's fitting for an abstract uh-huh. duo. Like, yes,
2: perfectly fitting.
1: So you were pushing pretty hard at this project
0: from the very start. Um, what was kind of your motivation, uh, for
1: doing that? Super motivated, like right Mm -hmm. off the bat.
2: At first, I was just like, that's cool. That's a wave of that. I want to ride, but I wasn't expecting the success that we have now.
1: Yeah. We were like a very young couple too. Like, like barely knew each other. And then we had this (laughs) project and. I, my band was not doing so good and it was like a way to like put all this energy i had in in this new idea and i really liked the uh, the feeling of a finished piece and the way like i and i was really impressed like we sold when we first made our first sale i was like that was wild to me like the, to create something in Actually, purchasing it. So,
2: yes, people like our art. That's and
1: it was a hustle at first because resin is very expensive, and we didn't have like much money to invest, like in materials. So we would have like to have like someone buy our art to for us to be able to make more. So it was like very challenging at first, and we were working in the gallery, and the gallery was helping a lot. And then at some point, we we drifted like like fully independent. The there. yeah.
2: So, Dominique lead the, the project from the...
1: Yeah, at, at first, it, yeah. It was a, I have, you know.
2: Yes, it was very... Uh, <laughs> it was very intense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so do
0: you think you two could tell me a little bit more about the process of creating and and working together?
2: Art is a way... more of a meditation for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just... I like doing it, and I just don't think about anything and just I like performing the process of creation, but yeah, sometimes yeah.
1: i think I think um like sometimes it happens before we start creating, but most times it's after, after the fact that then we start to think about the painting and Try to give it yeah. more meaning or what it means to us, and because sometimes we start since it's very abstract, and then the, the figurative comes in, like the ideas comes later too.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: so the process is very meditative.
2: Yeah, but not quite.
1: But no, not quite <laughs> a stress relief.
2: Yeah, but so.
1: not quite because be sometimes
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> and. How do you feel, how do you two feel working together has benefited you in uh, your art career? Uh, Do you separate different tasks? And, you know, you handle one thing, she handles the other thing. How's it, how does that work?
2: I'm shy. I don't like social media. (laughs) Dominique, you know, Dominique like that stuff.
1: I'll I'll take care of that part. And, like, Steph on the other side, like, has a very strong, like, artistic fiber. And it, like, just... Completes the like our two personalities very well for the project. Yeah, it, it takes a really big chunk off because sometimes like I heard like that a few painters, painters or creators like they sometimes feel alone or yes. they, it's hard. Like you have to take a step back on your work sometimes, and we have each other like to always constantly like yes, uh,
2: okay. well, not
1: doubt but like uh, well. take a step back and look at the art. Yes, uh,
2: two pair of eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes, but, like, that's yeah.
2: But yes, it's, it's wonderful to have someone to share and learn and being part of this process. I said, it's quite a complicated, not complicated, but difficult to be an artist. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not the easiest path in life.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Looking back, how do you two feel about meeting each other and starting this crazy art journey together?
2: For me, it's, it's the first person, person that uh, pushed me to be an artist, to value that, and that changed that change a lot of my life. And I felt so grateful to have met you. <laughs> <laughs> and you now it's, it's very fun.
1: <laughs> oh, I felt like progress and felt like... Yeah. Felt very, very rewarding and felt like having a partner in crime and, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: to, and like so many obstacles, not just for the art, but just in life in general. And feels like we're improving and it's, it's, it's nice, but like it's, it's shared milestones. It's pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that having a creative outlet has always been important to both of them and kept them sane throughout life. But Baku started to kind of take a turn for the worse recently as they found out the resin they were using in creating these works of art was actually pretty toxic and causing them some serious health issues. I'm like what, what started happening? Because I know you said you started getting headaches or something.
2: The, yeah. The thing is, um, the predict I did, that at first they were no indication that the product was bad on the bottle. Hmm. And years passed and there were more and more indication on the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think they did study and it's, they, they, they learned that it's, it's bad.
1: <laughs> we, we, we kind of discovered that the product, the main product that we use, uh, that is a thicker resin, because we like to, to work with a resin that allows us to sculpt because we can't work with the liquid ones. The yeah. ones, it's like too liquidy. Um, I, we haven't found any resin that is alike, uh, that is non toxic. Um, we kind of realized that the product that we were using was toxic by looking at other products that were describing the Bleh. do's and don'ts. Because we were like, when we made our research, were always like looking at the products and looking at the warnings on the products that we were using but not like going through other companies like to know if or like
2: yes that's weird (laughs) they they eye the stuff they say on the sheet of the warning and stuff they say that you can use this epoxy to make toys for children Mm -hmm. you can use a straw to blow the bubble oh
1: my god i wouldn't work with this epoxy without a mask yes it, it happened a few times where like we had like uh, inhaled a little bit of the fumes and you would feel tired. You feel headaches. And the more the years passed, the, like the worse it got. And like, you would need we have like a good ventilation system and mask, but it's not enough. We, we, we need like a way bigger space, like to work this product. So you're trying to uh, find alternatives.
0: It was one particular event recently that pushed them to look deeper into the products they were using and how they found out it was so toxic.
1: Yeah, so we have a ventilation system where there's a, like a, a trap that goes uh, outside, and we have to oh, make sure like this trap can be open and or closed, like for because in it, case it, it it's it gets cold outside, well the the cold doesn't get in when we don't like use the the studio to, and we forgot to open the trap. So we, we basically oddboxed ourselves.
2: Yes. <laughs> we had a mask. We with... had
1: masks on, but like the ventilation was blocked. And after this episode, it was so bad.
2: L-H- and that was
1: like four weeks ago. I'm yes. starting to feel, uh, feel better. But after that one, it, it really got scary.
2: Yes. I didn't want to touch it ever again. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it's real. We, feel, we felt so bad.
0: So how do you plan to keep making art without poisoning yourself, essentially?
1: Uh, recently, Steph really got into uh, Procreate and drawing and working on the iPad and working digitally. And I have, a, quite a, uh, I have worked a, quite a bit with Photoshop. So we are trying to like, pivot towards um, working digitally and reusing pieces that we made in the past. And we have quite a bit of ideas of how we can... Yes. Like, we, uh, make our art
2: we try we are trying new product i think it will be different but i mm-hmm. think it will be young.
1: i think we'll be able to be consistent with our style mm-hmm. uh, at first i was like devastated with the news but the more it goes like it's been like a week or two now and i think like the direction we're taking and the, the art we're making now is is quite interesting as yeah. well and i think it will be like
2: yes i think we we shouldn't. I love what we do, but I don't want to poison myself. Yeah. But yeah. Is the day.
1: Yeah, it's a.
2: It was a. Oh
1: my god, uh, day. Uh,
2: so, uh,
1: what, what what's the word when like somebody dies, Jacob, and then you have to go through this period of day? <laughs> uh morning. Yeah. Yes, it was like. <laughs> but I think it doesn't translate. No, so good. no, it's
2: better.
1: We had to like we had we had to let go. So for the super rare piece that we are making, we're kind of making this uh, change a little bit into our art statement for the art that we made, and we're gonna try to incorporate like this change, these emotions, these this this transition into the the art piece that we're gonna mint. It's, it's like it's a big milestone on the NSD side for us, but it's also like a big change into our, our, our career. So we're trying to get, kind of merge the two and try to make something like meaningful.
0: It's been a long journey for them, but they still have further to go. Baku has opened up so many doors for them and the struggles they have gone through has made their bond that much stronger. So tell me, guys, um, what are your thoughts of where your life is now and moving forward?
2: I feel prouder, is that a good pronunciation? More proud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because uh, I, my skills are improved. Like I did, I took the time to study a bit more, um, like to do uh, figurative art. Like I think my skills have improved. And I feel like I'm in a good place now. <laughs> if that that makes sense.
1: <laughs> oh, I feel uh, very great. I feel very great. very happy. Very proud. Um, yeah. My parents are proud. I'm proud. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I just—it's very motivating to me to for me to make art ever since forever. Whatever the medium, whatever if it's music or videos or and uh, uh, Baku has been like on a daily a daily source of like creative output and uh, yeah I just it's just great to see it like come together and uh, improve so much and so quickly and I can't wait just to see where it will go and even if we face like uh, difficult times like I know like we're a strong team and just it's just like, I think it's just ways to learn, to move forward. and Always brought, like each time we faced, like challenged and, and it always brought up new stuff for us. It was cool.
0: A big thanks to Stephanie and Dominique for sharing their personal stories today on the podcast. It can be hard for people to work together sometimes. When it works out, it can be pretty fantastic. And Baku is a great example of that. Be sure to look out for their upcoming NFT drop on super rare. That's coming soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If so, please share it with anyone you would think would appreciate it. Our goal is to tell these individuals in the art world stories and find the meaning within that we can all learn from the podcast was recorded and edited by me, Jacob Johnson, and the music featured in the episode is from Q shop. That's C U E shop. You can find all the links to our content and our guests in the episode's description. This is the Modern Show Podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.